participating. As we just said. Uh, but I think as we taught the kids now, I think sometimes we as, as grown-ups that's you know, we don't know everything. And sometimes we need to also help one another in these things. I think sometimes worship becomes something in its own, you know, it's, it becomes something that that's not always the heart of worship. The heart of worship is connecting with God. It's intimacy. It's not about singing the songs and doing the right things. So thank you for participating. And I want you guys to as well. It's something that I really feel on my heart about participation during worship time. Because God has a lot in His heart for us. He's got a lot to say. And it's often, not always, but often during worship, when the Lord starts speaking, not just through the preach. The worship is not something that leads to the preach. It's part of it. It's part of God's Word. It's part of God speaking to us. I feel that this all is very lopsided. You guys want to do me a huge favor. More melody! Do me a huge favor. Can you guys just scoot a little bit to this and then I'm going to just uh, reallocate because otherwise I'm going to stand. Because yeah, the power is going to go off just now and then I'm going to be reliant on my voice only. I love this man. He's really, you can, we can learn from him. He's got such an eagerness for the Lord. It's absolutely beautiful. Okay, let's get into the Word. Last week we spoke about two things. Firstly, we said that in 2022, God spoke a lot to us about what we were chosen for. Because we know that we were chosen. Eh? That we know. All of us, the Bible says this over, you are the chosen ones. You are predestined. We're not going to go into how that works now. That's, that's, that's something of a different thing. But God says in the Word that we were chosen. So the first thing is that often we, we get stuck by is what we were chosen for. It's the works that God has chosen us for. And it's not, we can't throw that out. The Bible is full of it, that we are to be trained and equipped for good works of good service, uh, works of, of service. We are, we are supposed that the last thing that Jesus said before he left the earth was go out in all the world and make disciples of all the nations. So there is work for us to do. There is a mission for all of us to do. But the thing is, I had this, this question about what movie am, am I playing at? Is it an action movie? Is it a drama? My life. If you look at my life, is it an action movie? Is it a drama? Is it a comedy? You know, sometimes we, we get stuck in those things. But actually, if you look at it, the Bible says we should be joyful in everything. So, if anything, our lives should be like a romantic comedy, at most. Not an action movie or anything like that. And I think sometimes we get stuck in the wrong mindset. We get stuck in just the action part. I've got to do stuff. There's things for me to do. And sometimes we get a lot of gratification and we get a lot of uh, encouragement or, or um, uh, boldness. You know, I feel freimoodig in front of God once I've done my, my thing. I helped set up, I'm, I'm part of a ministry, I'm, I'm doing serving at Kids Church. I talked with my neighbor about Jesus just yesterday and that brings to me my peace of mind to think, no, I'm, I'm good with the Lord. Where the Bible actually says that we should not find that in our works, but we should find that in who we are. 
in Jesus Christ. Who we are. So last week we looked a lot at who were we chosen for. And we looked specifically through Jesus. And why did we start with Jesus? Because the Bible says nobody comes through the fa- to the Father if not through Jesus. Very important. So we will always start with Jesus. We will always start with the work that Jesus did on the cross because that is the thing that opened the door for all of the rest to happen. And so I was going to speak about something different this morning and the Lord just spoke to me earlier this morning about continuing on who were we chosen for. Not just what, but who were we chosen for. Because last week we said we were chosen to be the bride of Christ. Die bruid van Christus. That one day, everything, all of this that we're living now, all of this what we're doing now, the culmination, the result, the, the ending of that is going to end at a wedding banquet. All of the preparation. You see, so often we get stuck in the preparation that is for good works. God, why are you working in my character? Oh, it's because I can do, be a better servant of Him. Lord, why do you want to take sin from my life? Why do you want to work at my character? Why do you bring all these things across my path to train and, 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 and work in me? And firstly, our thoughts is, is because, you know, a purer vessel can do more. And the Bible says that. It's true. But first and foremost, God says, He is washing us. He is clothing us with fine linen. He is making us white like snow. He is preparing us and purifying us to be a bride for His Son. First and foremost. So that's why I say, if anything, this is a romance. romance. This this life that we're living in, it's a romance. And if we we first put anything ahead of the romance, then we're going to miss out. And that's sometimes what happens in worship. We sing the songs, we do the things, we even sing into the presence of God. But it's not about intimacy, it's not about experiencing Jesus, it's not about giving our love to Jesus. Often we get stuck at thanking Him, thanksgiving, because He's the God that provides to me and it almost becomes something of, it's a different relationship. But God wants us to have intimate relationship with his son because he's the one that we're going to stand in front one day look him in the eye and he's going to say oh my bride you remember those times when you were still on earth that we get to spend together in intimacy man it's so special now we get to experience one another in person and i shared that story of ivan that couldn't wait to kiss his wife when they got married three weeks ago are you in a position in your own heart where you're thinking to yourself, Oh man, I can't wait to kiss Jesus. I can't wait to touch Him. I just want to touch Him. Forget about the rest. I'm not worried about the house that He's preparing for me. I'm not worried about eternity. I'm not worried about anything, my rewards or anything. If I can just touch Him. Is that what's in your heart? Because that's what's in God's heart for us. It's good, huh? So this morning I'm going to just shift a little bit to a different who were you chosen for because there's two elements to that. And we started with Jesus last week and this morning we're going to go to God the Father. 
The Bible also says that we were chosen to be sons and daughters of our God, Heavenly Father. And it's so important again that we look at these things and not function purely from a place of works, but function from a place of identity. Who am I? Who was I chosen for? And so we're going to look at two scriptures to kick it off with. John 1 verse 12. And it says this, while I have the AV. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Very important. Before he calls us servants, before he calls us anything in the kingdom, we are called children of God. 1 John 3 verse 1 says the following. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we shall be called children of God. And that is what we are. I want to always say the same thing as John wrote in his letter. That is what we are. Before anything else, we are sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. That is who you were chosen for. To be a son and a daughter to a father. Before anything else. That is what we are. Who we are. And it's sometimes it's a difficult thing. I remember my dad uh, will tell the story of when he got saved. Because when he got saved, he was raised in a very religious background. And he knew about God and everything, but he never knew God could be a father to him. He never knew that. And he always saw him as God. Hot. And it's different when you see him only. Because he still is God. But it's a different thing when you see him only as God. Because then we relate to him only as God. My provider. The one that I should be obedient to. So it's almost very much a servant attitude. A servant heart towards him. But the minute that he becomes your father. It changes something. It's a different mindset. It's a different heart attitude that you get when it becomes your father. Because you know, I've got something in my heart that I would love to, I love to please my dad. I love it when my dad smiles at me. That, you know, it does something when our dads are impressed with us. When, you know, when, when I do something that I know will please him. And so often when we walk on this earth, and, we, we, and if we know that God is our Father, pleasing Him, through my actions and the things that I do and the person that I am and the life that I lead becomes a love thing, becomes an emotional thing. It becomes a heart thing and not a mind thing. Otherwise, we're just stuck in the law of Moses where my dad will give me, I mean, he could have given me a manual and said, well, these are the things that will please me. Keep to them and we'll be good. But he didn't do that. We worked it out with one another. And there were times when, we, when I was out of line and my dad had to bring me back. And we're going to look at that just now. So that's very important. I want to just go also to Galatians 4. This is Paul writing. It says this. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, that's what I just said, otherwise we would just be in the law, born under law, 
to redeem those under the law, to make them new, to bring them out of that place, to redeem them, that what we, we might receive the full rights of sons. Verse 6 says, because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So something changed. Something changed when you gave your life to the Lord. He didn't just make your spirit new, but you also came to a place where you can now say, hang on, I'm not just a servant. I'm not just someone that got saved, but I'm a son of God. And that is very important for us to do that. I love um, how the ESV says that, the first sentence where he said, when we were children, he says, when we were underage, when we were still underage, we were in the world. And there's something of Paul that almost talks about, it's a, a, a thing about growing up. Because I remember back in the day, my relationship with my dad was not the same as it was when I was three or four years old. Then it was very much from that, and he loved me just the same. So there was love from his side. But my understanding of my dad grew as we grew older. And I remember there was a time when he said to me, you know, I don't just want to be your dad. I want to be your friend as well. And I realized at that point, there's a depth of relationship that I grow in with my dad. And I love how the fact that over years, we've grown not just as a dad in terms of the authority in my life, the one that, that is authoritative in my life. But we also grew in relationship with Him. And so what Paul says there is, is, yeah, it starts off that way, when God is an authority in my life, when God is God in my life, when He says, this is the things that, that is important to me, this is who I am, I am your provider, and I am, I am the one that, you know, I am the one that created you. But then as we grow in our spiritual walk with God, a love develops, something develops in terms of our relationship with Him. And then Paul said what is supposed to happen is that intimacy is supposed to come, that is, with the Father and the Son. The same that with my dad happened uh, with me and my dad. You get that? So it's something that's supposed to grow uh, in us. And I think a lot of us, that's what religion does. That's what religious spirit does. As you get stuck in God is God. You get stuck there. And you never move on to spiritual maturity where you also get to the place where saying, hang on, He is not just God. He is God, but He's also my Father. And where that brings in a different element to our relationship to Him. It brings in a different starting point to why do I do the things that I do. I don't just do them out of obedience, but I also do them because I want to please my dad. You get that? Yeah. Romans 8, verse 14. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Just take that away again, uh, Carla, before they read the rest. Mm. Listen to that one. Because they are sons of God, they are led by the Spirit. It's very important to understand that. That if we are led by the Spirit, there's growth that happens that we come into a place of sonship and daughtership to God. There's a maturity, a spiritual journey that is walked out with the Holy Spirit that brings us to a place of the fullness of God. 
and not just stuck at the first stages of that. So, the Bible, the, Jesus said, I am leaving you to, so that the Holy Spirit, because He will lead you into all truth. And that's often what happens in our journey with God, is that when we meet Him, we don't get see, we don't just know, we don't get experience the fullness of God. Because we don't know all the aspects of Him, because He is multifaceted. His ways, the, the, the entity of God is just way beyond our thinking. You know, we sometimes can think one-dimensional about God. Where there's a depth of God that we will never be able to imagine in this life. We will probably only get to really grasp it when we, when we, when we get to be with Him in heaven. And so we need the Holy Spirit. There needs to be a dependency on the Holy Spirit to show us and to reveal to us the depths of this God that we are serving. And we should never get stuck in one mold and saying, this is God. This is the God that I serve. So I want you guys to be open to say to this year. And Stefan said it, and that's why I want him to emphasize it. Are you open to learning this year new aspects of this God that we serve? Are you stuck in your ways? Are you stuck in a bit of a religious heart? Last week two words came out. And one of those words is wholeheartedly. And I think one of the things again that sometimes keeps us from serving God wholeheartedly is purely a misunderstanding of who He is and who I am. It's not because you are disobedient, it's not because you are unfaithful, it's just purely because I don't know who He is and I don't know who I am. And suddenly once you get that, once you've grasped that, something just clicks. And then uh, Stephen is a, is a person that, 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 that got that in the past three years or something like that. I don't know how long. But something clicked in Stephen. Stephen was very much God. I'm serving God. And it wasn't wrong. Nothing wrong with it. But he allowed the Holy Spirit to take him into new facets of who God is. And it ignited something of him to be wholehearted for God. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Okay, uh, you're going to be answered also. Now he says this. This verse 15. For you did not receive the Spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the Spirit of sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are His. The particular Erfgenomen. Heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if we indeed share sufferings in order that we might also share His glory. So we're going to go back to the previous one. The spirit of sonship, I just quickly want to stand still on the spirit of sonship. And it's very important again, that not all of these things will happen in here. I can explain to you, until I am blue in the face, how this thing should look. How it works to be a son. Who liked it for you? Who seen from Portavius? A doctor from Portavius. But it will not happen in here. It will only happen in here because it is a spirit of sonship. What spirit? The Holy Spirit. So whenever we find ourselves in any place where we feel, hmm, here's a new aspect of the, of the Lord that I've never heard before. I don't think I'm walking in a, in a sonship and as a heir, as a, a son or a daughter of the Lord. 
Who do you go to to help you get to that place? To lead you into that place? Who do you go to? Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to lead you. I can, I can preach about it. I can teach about it. But once you, once you come to that place where you say, hang on, I want to experience more of the Lord. I want to see all the facets of the God that I'm, that I'm, that I'm uh, serving. Then we come to the Holy Spirit. And that is why so many Sundays we want you to respond. Because there's something what happens in a response. There's something that happens when you come to the front. It's not a response to me. It's not a response that the people can understand. Hey, uh, Tanya, she caught it because she's in front. So she, she really caught it. No. It's a response to Jesus. And it's a response coming to the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, you should have known what, what the thing that I just heard, I, I don't even know if I understand it fully, but that thing, I, I want that. I want to be a son and a daughter. I don't think I'm walking in it at the moment. I'm coming to you, Holy Spirit. Help me now. And then He's the one that anoints you, that fills you with Him, with Himself and His ability to show you the depths of that. So that's super important. Whenever we talk about these things, and that's why we even today, I'm going to again ask you, is there anybody that wants to respond to this word, that has never walked as a son or a daughter of God, of a father? If there's someone that, that is actually stuck in a bit of a religious heart, I'm serving him because I have to, because that's what I grew up to do. I've never experienced him as a dad. Then we want to pray with you. And we're just going to pray, but I'm not going to do anything of the work. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to do something. Is that good? And then there's this part where we get to be co-heirs of, of Jesus. And that's, that's something amazing. That's something absolutely amazing. Co-heirs means Who knows what inheritance is? Who's ever received an inheritance? My mom received Mama, what did Mama get? With inheritance. What did you inherit? Speak out. She got a house. Who else inherited something already in their lives? She inherited a Bible. Did you pay for the house, Mom? Did you just get it? My word. Did you pay for the Bible? Did you just get it? Did you have to do something to get it from your dad? Surely, surely there were some chores that you had to do. There were some. There had to be something that you had to do. Was there not a contract written up at some point that said if you do this, then you will inherit? Surely there had to be something. Nothing. Just be the children. Because she was born from her mom and her dad, she inherited. She got something of great value that she never had to work for, that she never had to do. And it's the same with us. It's the same with our inheritance. You will receive a reward in your inheritance whether you work for it or not. You will receive an inheritance of everlasting life because you believe in Jesus, because you gave your life to Jesus. And then the God promises, not because of what you do, 
It is because you are my sons and my daughters. And I will leave for you an inheritance of great value. And I've got no clue. I mean, the Bible says the Lord has gone to prepare a place for us. So I think that there's going to be beach houses. And I've got no clue what that's going to be. They talk about streets of gold and all of that. But you know the biggest inheritance that we get to share is the inheritance of everlasting life in the presence of God. And in eternity, not in hell, where we're actually supposed to be. That's actually our, 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 our reward. Because we, we fluff sin, man. But we actually get an inheritance of an everlasting life. And be with God in His presence for the rest of eternity. Because we chose to follow Jesus. That's amazing. And that is the basis of being a son to your father. It's not dependent on what you do or you don't do. If you were a son in this house of the father. Now, before we go off, I do want to say this. <clears throat> for a very long time in my own life, and I'm just going to touch on this because this is going to be something that in two weeks we're going to look in more depth about godly sorrow. We're going to look at it a little bit more depth. The Lord is still speaking. I'm very excited about the topic, I have to say. I'm very excited about the topic. I haven't been excited about a topic as I am with this one in a long while because I believe it's going to help a lot of us to move into something new when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. Because I want to ask you this. This is something that I have struggled with and sometimes even to this day still struggle with. Who has felt separated from God whenever you have committed a sin or a transgression or a weakness? You feel separated from God. You feel far away from God. You feel, oh my Lord, not I don't know if everlasting life is still my inheritance after what I've just done. It's probably the third time that I've did the same thing as well, which makes it a lot worse. And then we grow up with earthly fathers. Oh, come on, Willem. Then we grow up with earthly fathers. And this is not, this does not include my dad. My dad was perfect. But we grow up with earthly fathers. They don't always represent our Heavenly Father well. So whenever we, whenever we do something that displeases our earthly fathers, sometimes they will act in a way that is not godly. They will maybe give us a hiding when it is actually not worth a hiding. You know, hiding is excessive at that time. Or they will have such a big... Uh, I'm looking at Mark first. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> that God is such a... Oh, he's so disappointed in me because my dad used to be disappointed for me for a whole week. He didn't speak to me. Not me. I'm talking about an example here. You know, I disappointed my dad so deeply that he didn't want to talk to me. Yeah, my mom used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Still stay first. So, so now we grow up with a dad and a mom, for that matter, that
that doesn't always represent, and I mean, I'm, I'm already there with Linka and Vian as well. Yo, there's times. And you must not tell Vian this, please, don't tell Vian, okay? <laughs> there are times when, at the end of a weekend, you're by a Sunday, because Vianki is at that stage, he's a talker. He's constantly talking. There's constantly, and then he doesn't just talk to you, he always wants to talk with you. So this is a Tani so he's like, Dad, Dad, Papa, cake for me. Dad, and whatever he is looking at, whatever he is busy with, I need to be busy with him in that. So it takes a lot out of you. And here by a Sunday, don't tell me. Here by a Sunday. <laughs> That was a very quick comeback for just five minutes ago. Well done. <laughs> so, year by a Sunday, I get to that point where, oh man, my capacity is just down to the ground. And then I get impatient with the others. And then when he just comes to me, he says, Dad, <clears throat> very excited. Dad, I want to show you something. I sell a crap and kill you, your father. <laughs> so now then Vian comes to me and he says, Dad, Dad. <clears throat> and then my capacity is like, I'm like, Vian, it's a brief. And we get to that point. But often, we feel the same with our Heavenly Father. Because that's what, what we experience. So it's either when you did something wrong, and I also saw that in my life. And Andre told me the other day a story, uh, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but sometimes our parents go into an excess of spanking when you did something just a little, because they feel prideful. I remember I had a family member as well, uh, and he was my nephew. And his dad will go into excessive spanking if he did something just very small because of the pride that the dad felt. My kid, my kid will not do it. Other kids are, but not my kid. And then he wanted to show the other parents that my kid will not do that. And then he would clap him. Sometimes when we got old, he would hit him with the fist. And we grow up with that, with excessive punishment. Not the godly spanking, but excessive punishment. And we grow up in that way. And then we see, when we do something wrong to our Heavenly Father, we know that, oh, I just did something that displeases Him. We're waiting. He's going to spank me. He's going to clap me now. Nothing. Or we think He's going to be so displeased with us that He's never going to talk to me again. How can He? And then it takes days and weeks to come and speak up. Um, I just have the feeling of that um, sometimes when we sin, that separation that we feel does not come from God, it comes from us, and it's us pulling back, not Him taking away any of His grace or any of His presence. That's brilliant. But we are pulling back. That's that. brilliant. So we're going to look at this in two weeks from now and then we're going to see how long the Lord stands still because I think it's something that we all struggle with because the problem is we are all sinners yes. and we're still sinning 
So every time that we sin, we get stuck in this conundrum, I get stuck in this place. And then sometimes it takes days and weeks for me to come back to the presence of the Lord. And the Lord wants to help us during this year. So we see Him as a Father. Not an earthly Father, but a perfect Father. Do you know that there's something like a perfect Father? It's something that we don't even have a grasp of. But I feel that this year, the Lord is going to teach us, the Holy Spirit is going to teach us, Something about the character of our Heavenly Father, who is perfect in all of His ways. He never gets impatient with us. He will never act out of Himself. He will never act in any way that our earthly fathers sometimes have. So, now, just to end it off. The Bible says this. Do not... Let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their faith needs. That you might benefit those who listen. And then you say, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We can grieve Him. That, that's, that at most, we can, we can sometimes, God is not pleased with us. And we can grieve him. But I don't see anything in the Bible where he says, you will reject us because of we, we sin or that we felt, if you are in Christ. And that's very important. Now it says this. Uh, grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And that's what we looked at last week. That's why it's so important for us to understand the fact that we are the bride of Christ. In Christ. Because if we don't understand that we are in Christ, so whenever I sin, God doesn't even see my sin. He sees His Son standing at the altar waiting for His bride to come. So if we don't even grasp what we talked about last week, we will never get to what we are talking about now. Because we are finding our justification, we are finding the fact that we are in good standing, that God cannot be disappointed in my actions, because he's, he's looking at his son when he sees me. But we can still grieve him. And we're going to look at that process. What happens when we grieve God? Well, God is the Holy Spirit. He says the Holy Spirit of God. So when, when we grieve the Holy Spirit, when we grieve God, how does that work out? To enable us to come into a place and in a position that if we do struggle, if we do sin, if there is something in our lives that the Holy Spirit is pointing towards, how do we work out that grieving? How do, I, how do I come back to the Lord and say, Hey Lord, how do we process that? And so the Bible talks about godly sorrow. We're going to look at that in two weeks' time. Because it also happens this, and this is the last thing that I'm going to say. God, do you know that God disciplines us as His children? So that happens... That happens. God disciplines us. And this is hopeless. We're going to look at it later. But Hebrews tells us, it says, In your struggle against sin, who's he talking about here? Who sins? All of us. So he's talking to, he's talking to his children here. Yeah? And he's talking as a father. In your struggle against sin, have you not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood? This is Paul speaking. But he says, you know, you are fighting this battle against sin and you're doing everything in your power to the point of actually shedding blood. This is how important, but I'm, I'm struggling with this thing. It's not an easy thing. 
Verse 5 says, And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? He says this, My son, God speaking, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens every, everyone he accepts as his son. So sometimes, and then it goes on when he says, endure hardships as discipline. So often when anything goes wrong in this life and the kids are sick and this happens and that happens and all kinds of things, we're so quick to say, oh, we must, uh, on the prayer groups and on the com groups, please, the enemy is attacking me. And we start off and we rebuke everything left, right and center. And then maybe, maybe it's a loving father that wants to take him into a new depth of relationship with him. And he knows that the only way that I can teach you something, the only way that I can open up this part of myself and show you this part of myself, is if I discipline you in this area. And we're going to look at that process in two weeks' time. We're going to look at how should we be responding to sin? How should we be responding to repentance? How should we be responding to discipline? So that it doesn't take us further away from God, but actually takes us to God. Because that's what His intention is about that. Is that good? Lack of I am super impressed with